It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. An island that I would bet right now does not have two feet of snow out their window like I do here in Lake George. You can uh, find out all about Sal's Neighborhood Restaurant and Pizzeria by visiting his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. We'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal, which I should go pretty soon today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book tom molino from bondage the best man on the planet is available right now where all good books are sold you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this very show just visit bondsandnoble.com or amazon.com find out why i'm so adamant about getting tom molino's story told and finally today's show is being brought to us by our new 24 hour seven day a week television channel uh, check out all the information. You can watch it on your favorite streaming device. I know Roku has it and, well, a whole bunch of stuff. Just visit Ginico, G-I-N-I-K-O-U-S-A.com uh, for all the information, how you can watch it. Sign up for an account. It's free. And uh, enjoy the stuff that's on there. A lot of, lot of uh, uh, positive uh, um, comments we're getting on on the new network. So, anyway. Um Manny Pacquiao against uh, Adrian Broner last night. Uh, it's our post-fight show. We want to talk about that and some other big news that's in the sport of boxing. But let's kick it off uh, with uh, the Pacquiao fight. Um, I'm going to just say this. I scored that fight 118-110. I gave two rounds to Adrian Broner, uh, the fourth and the tenth. Manny Pacquiao put on a great performance. Um, here, here's my initial thoughts. My initial thoughts are, if Manny Pacquiao fought Floyd Mayweather in a rematch this year, and Manny Pacquiao was able to fight the same with the same game plan that he fought last night, Pacquiao wins the fight, and I'll tell you why. The aggression that he was using, just the simple fact that he was moving in and throwing punches, something that he didn't do as much in the uh, Mayweather, the first Mayweather fight, would have given him the win. Adrian Broner sat there just like I thought he would and tried to counterpunch Manny Pacquiao all night long. And with the angles and the hand speed that Manny Pacquiao displayed, he would be a tough out for somebody that wouldn't be aggressive against him. The only way that I think you can beat Manny Pacquiao, even a 40-year-old version of him, is to be aggressive, throwing punches, letting your hands go, stop him in his tracks, get him to think twice. And it was the other way around last night. Joining me to get his thoughts uh, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Your thoughts, please, sir. Good morning, Billy C. My thoughts, my thoughts. Well, first I'm going to have a sip of coffee out of my Billy C. mug that was created years ago. 
right, now, now I have my thoughts in, in order. Let me tell you something. I said here on your show, I thought that Broner would win. I said here on your show many times that uh, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather could fight 100 times and Floyd would win 95 times of, those, of that, of that uh, matchup. But I agree with you. The Manny Pacquiao we saw last night, who was aggressive, who was, was you know, uh, coming in and uh, throwing caution to the wind, just, just being the aggressor, landing a swarm of punches, uh, missing some several, but, you know, you throw five or six punches, you're going to catch him with one. And that's what he did last night all night long. He was in great shape, especially for a 40-year-old. He was a punching machine, and he was not derailed. He fought his fight. And I was uh, I was very impressed with Manny, and I agree with you that I think if that was the version, that's in fact that's the version of, of Manny Pacquiao I expected to see in the first Mayweather fight, and uh, not that there has been two yet. But believe me, that that's going to be festering and and uh, cultivated, and we're going to see a Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, you know. Uh... There's no doubt about it. There's too much money to be made and, and whatever. And make no mistake, both Floyd and Manny are not the same Floyd and Manny of even no. uh, three or four years ago when they fought each other. So, um, But it, it is a fight, and all of the Floyd fans will pay for it just to in hopes that he wins again, and all the Pacquiao fans will pay for it because they want to see their guy uh, go out uh, with a win against uh, Mayweather. Uh, but, uh, but the fight against Broner... Um, you know, I, I really I could only find two rounds to give to Broner. I, I'm not so sure about the uh, judges' scores. Uh, the way the three judges scored it, 116-112 twice, and one judge had it 117-111. Like I said earlier, I scored it 118-110, giving uh, Broner the fourth and tenth rounds. There was also another round, which I thought was extremely close, round eight. Um, but... Uh, but, you know, I, I, here's the thing. If you're going to counterpunch, and I'm not so sure that Adrian Broner's game plan of trying to stay in the pocket and counterpunch Manny and hope he makes a mistake, I'm not so sure that that was the wrong plan, Sal. What I think... No. No, but, but here's where I think it, it went away for, for Adrian Broner. He didn't throw enough punches. I mean, if you're going to counterpunch, you got to be offensive-minded. You know, I, I, you know that, that was the, the hang-up. And for him to say at the end, I know before we went on air, you, you were starting a little rant about uh, Adrian Broner not, you know, just saying he was the better man tonight. And then when he had the nerve to say, everybody knows it and all the fans are booing and stuff. I mean, come on. You know, even his own corner was pleading with him, telling him that, you know, we, we need to, to win these rounds, you know. Uh, uh, so I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure where Adrian Broner's mindset is unless he's just trying to do what Adrian Broner does and, uh, and, and be in the discussion for another opportunity down the road. Well, it very well could be because, you know, a lot of these fighters today, you know, we don't have the Don Kings and the Bob Aaron pushing their fighters the way that they used to 20, 30 years ago uh, with, with the current promotions and uh, promoters out there. So sometimes these guys have to promote themselves and just keep themselves in the news. So maybe that was one of the reasons why. But uh, I was on the same page, Bill. I, you know, I saw the opportunities that Broner, and I thought he would. That's why I picked him to win. I thought you would see a collision with the way uh, Manny was swarming and coming in 
and he was lunging quite a bit, or he was just coming in, throwing punches and punches. That I thought Broner would have taken that nice step back and would have turned over a beautiful right hand, catching him square as he was coming in, or even a left hook over the top. So, you know, he when you don't throw punches in a fight, there's less of a chance of that ever happening. And, and that was his uh, downfall. He wasn't busy enough, and that's that's it. He should have been busier. You know, I, I think this fight also showed you the greatness of Manny Pacquiao. And what I mean by that is his hand speed really shocked Adrian Broner. I, I don't think that this guy was ready. Now, Adrian Broner's pretty quick, too. Um, yes, and, and if you watch the fight, you'll see Manny, you know, throw a punch, and the punch is already on its way back. So, you you, you know, you snap out a punch, and your, your hand is already on the way back. And Broner was, you know, sort of like trying to catch up with it. So his punches kept falling short. And uh, and the other thing I, I noticed that was really good on Manny's part was his head movement. He had head movement last night that, um, you know, I, I just it's a throwback. It's just the way fighters should be, and, and a lot of them don't do it. And one other thing, well, I think we should call – he's got the version of his calves – like Popeye's got forearms. I mean, calves? Th those calves look like somebody. Th calves. They look like a. They look like a Photoshop. Like they put it on somebody else's body. I mean, they were deformed. They were so big. You know, when I saw them and and when he stepped in the ring, I was just like, uh oh. You know, look at these. You know, maybe maybe he's got all the power back. He did not seem to have the power that he used to. But then again, in Broner's defense, he's got a solid chin. He does have a solid chin, I'll tell you that. He really does, because he got caught with some big shots. And uh, uh, But I, I saw those calves, and I said, wow. I, I don't remember him being that big. This guy, this guy must have been uh, hiking mountains or something. I don't know why. There's a commercial. There's a commercial yes, out. Yes, yeah, yeah. The guy with the bike, and he's going, I call my own shots. I make my own bicycle. I make my own calves. And his calves are like, you know, they look like uh, almost like Manny size. But uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about the uh, Manny Pacquiao Adrian Broner fight on today's show. But let's get some other stuff out of the way real quick. I want to get your thoughts uh, on the Marcus Brown, who improved to 23 and 0. By the way, uh, Adrian Broner drops to 33 wins. Uh, four losses and uh, uh, 24 of his wins coming by knockout. Um, as uh, far as Manny Pacquiao goes, he improves to 61 wins, seven losses and a couple of draws with 39 knockouts. Marcus Brown improved to 23-0 with 16 knockouts, uh, winning the interim uh, light heavyweight title for the WBA uh, with his win uh, over uh, Badu Jack. Uh, the way the judges scored at 116, 111, 117, 110, 119, 108. Um, I was wrong on this one. I, I picked Pacquiao uh, to win the fight against Broner exactly how he did it uh, via a decision, going the distance. Um, this fight, I was wrong. I, I, I picked Badu Jack, and uh, Jack didn't get started in this fight. Um, he, 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 you know, he tried to come on midway through. Uh, by then, it was uh, it was uh, too far gone for him. Uh, Marcus Brown had the right game plan. That cut was gruesome. Um, and, uh, you know, the one thing I, I, I will say about Marcus Brown as he moves forward, you know, he seemed to slap his punches, Sal. Um, and when, when, you know, fighters do that, uh, you know, I, I wonder why a trainer doesn't try to correct it. 
You know, Marcus Brown, if he would have thrown his punches and landed his punches straight, um, I, I don't know if Badu Jack could have hung in there. I mean, you know, he, he's obviously a game fighter. I, I really criticize the, the doctor, the ringside physician, and his own corner for letting that fight continue. True, the cut wasn't over his eyes. It was right down the center of his head. But when you're bleeding that much, Sal, you know, you start putting yourself in danger. Um, I, I just, I, it, there was no reason to let that fight go on. Badu Jack isn't known for a knockout, being a knockout puncher. Um, I, I really question the decisions on that one. Well, it, 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 it is, uh, you know, the, the ringside physician, it's his call. And, and the referee did point it out several times to the ringside physician. And I'll tell you what. It wasn't like he had a concussion that we know of at the time with the head collision. But, uh, you know, hey, I, I remember one of my fights with Don Turner as my, in, in my corner when I was down south. I took 140 stitches with, with four cuts. And this cut right here, uh, by my eye right here, took 43 stitches. It was a raw stake. And I, I begged the doctor to let it go on. They didn't want to stop it. And, you know, but those were the days where they could put collodium in there and, and adrenaline, which they still could, and everything else. And, you know, they had to chisel it out. But, uh, you know, it was bleeding profusely all, all throughout the fight. Uh, it happened in the later rounds. So uh, and we filled up two towels worth of, uh, of blood. But, uh, you know, I, I begged them to let it continue, and they did. And, uh, you know, so a cut is a cut. Yeah. The blood is, is gruesome, and yes, it looks like a raw steak. And it could have been, you know, it was monitored. It was pointed out. And the ringside physician, for whatever reason, he didn't think it was that grave. Although they did scoot him away real fast. He didn't wait for the decision once the fight was over. He went right to the hospital. So, you know, that's a hard call. And, and, and you know what? I think Badeau Jack, if he is that kind of warrior, He'd want the opportunity to continue as well. So maybe he uh, also had some say in it. Who knows? Um, the other fight that was on the pay, the other two fights on the pay-per-view, in what I think was uh, really the, the most uh, entertaining fight of the night, um, and it was actually a rematch, not in the pro ranks, but uh, once uh, these two guys fought in the Olympics and then they fought again last night, uh, Nordini uh, Obuliai improved to 15-0 and with 11 knockouts when he won the vacant WBC Bantamweight title with a 12-round unanimous decision over Rasheed Warren, who drops the third fight of his career. He's 16-3, and 115-113, 116-112, 117-111 were the way the three judges scored it for Obuliai. Um, th this fight was extremely entertaining to me. You know, Rasheed Warren is a talented fighter. This guy's lightning quick. He's accurate with his punches. He's got great footwork. He's not afraid to mix it up. Uh, but he was in there with a guy that that did all the same things. He he wasn't as fast, but he was throwing a lot of punches, and he had more power. He was in great shape. Um, the decision was correct, and that's the way you accept the defeat, the way Rasheed Warren did. Um, I thought he re accepted his loss like a man, uh, made no excuses, um, you know, thought that uh, Obuliai was the better man that night. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling these two guys' pads are going to cross for a third time uh, down the road. It's not over for Warren, uh, but uh, no. Abuliai is a guy that we can really keep an eye on. 
uh, I think you can make an argument that, you know, he's one of the top guys of that division. What's your thoughts? I I think along the same line there, Bill, and you're you're right. We definitely got to keep our eyes on him. And, uh, you know, definitely, uh, why not? These guys uh, put on a fight, and uh, but Juliet uh, definitely, definitely looks like somebody that we got to keep continue to follow. Um, the other fight that was on the card that uh, opened up the broadcast um, was a fight that, you know, I, I this is when I started reaching for the bottle of scotch because I needed to uh, try to uh, stay awake. I mean, Hugo Ruiz, you know what's funny about this cat? is that he's he's exciting for the first three rounds. Then he goes into this, mo- well, he goes into what we saw. Now, with all due respect, Alberto uh, Guerrero was a uh, last-minute sub. Um, the uh, um, intu- interim WBA featherweight champ, uh, Jack Tapora, uh, was uh, almost six pounds, well over five and a half pounds overweight for this fight. He was not able to fight. I know you that burns the hell out of you, Sal, and it nah, does me too. Um, you know, the funny thing is they had this Guevara, Alberto Guevara, uh, waiting in the wings just in case. You know, when you have a fighter like that waiting as a potential last-minute sub, you know, all, all powers that are involved knew something might have happened. But nonetheless, Hugo Ruiz won a uh, unanimous decision. Uh, he improved to 38-4 and four with 31 knockouts, 99-90 twice, and 189 with the way the judges scored it. Um, Ruiz dropped Guevara in the very first round. I thought the fight would be over quickly. Nay, nay. Guevara stayed in that fight uh, for the uh, rest. And Hugo Ruiz uh, just seemed uh, content on, uh, on winning a, a decision. Uh, any thoughts on that one? I was unable to see that fight. And, uh, no, I, I'd like to go back and see that today. Nah, don't bother. Lucky you not not, uh, not having to watch that. Before we, uh, before we uh, continue on with Pacquiao and Broner and, and what goes on from here, uh, we are going to be getting uh, Dax Khan and uh, Alex Papali joining us later. Some other fights that took place uh, this past weekend, Friday night, in a couple of upsets, big upsets, as a matter of fact, uh, Bryant Jennings, a guy who uh, is it, was in the discussion in the heavyweights. I mean, he's a small heavyweight, but uh, he, he was talented. I'm telling you, this guy was not the same fighter ever since his devastating knockout loss to Luis Ortiz. He was put in with a, a young undefeated fighter in Oscar Rivas. Kaboom, Rivas. And, um, you know, I, I thought this fight was going to be Bryant Jennings all the way. The reason is because they were both similar in size, and Jennings is usually fighting guys that are much bigger than him. Um, but Oscar Rivas uh, won the fight. He, he put uh, uh, Jennings in some serious trouble in the f- uh, 12th and final ra- round, and the fight was waved off. Um, it was a tactical fight. The problem is is that Jennings was pulling an Adrian Broner. He was uh, trying to block all the the, uh, punches coming uh, to him from Oscar Rivas, but he wasn't throwing enough back. You know, I don't understand why fighters do this, Sal, where they get into this, I'm going to counterpunch him. They may see it on film or something like that, seeing a weakness, but then they get stuck in a rut. And the big negative is, is if you're not throwing enough punches, you know, that means you're headhunting. You're looking for that one knockout punch. 
And any fighter that goes into a fight, even if you're a, a, a destroyer with punching power, you should not be looking at the for the one knockout punch. I, I'm sorry. You need to build it up, break your opponent down, and win. Your thoughts, well, and, please, and, sir. Exactly. And, and, you know, that was what I really thought that Broner was going to try and do last night. You know, not that you throw that one counter punch and you wait for the next opportunity. That counter punch that you are waiting for and that you see the opening, then you can execute and deliver properly, is what opens up the gates for you to finish up with a flurry of punches to, to get in there. Not just one counter punch, but that counter punch being effective enough so you can continue with the combination and continue punching. And then you turn the fight around. That's how a counter punch wins, big, a good counter puncher exposes his fighter and wins a fight. You got to throw punches and bunches, or at least be effective with follow-ups. That one counter punch, unless you got that devastating power, which some fighters do, and uh, it, it is the punch that's going to open up the gateways for you to deliver a follow-up with a combination, and that's what really is effective. So effective counter punching is looking for that shot. Yes, that's going to open up the floodgates for you to continue and, and come forward and throw punches and bunches and hurt your opponent. Another huge upset in the sport of boxing, at least on paper, because uh, this guy, pa Pablo Cesar Cano, improved to 32 wins, 7 losses, and a draw with 22 knockouts when he destroyed a uh, former world champion, Jorge Linares, in the first round, 2 minutes and 48 wow. seconds. Um, Linares, uh, a quality, quality fighter. But when you look at Linares, who, who drops to a 45-5, and five, uh, all most of his losses all came early in the fight. He is a fighter that you need to jump on uh, to take out, and he does wear down. He always looks like he's in, in great shape. But here's my thoughts: you know, Pablo Cesar Cano, a, uh, a fan that might look at his record, and a lot of fans just look at records and say, "Oh, God, look, he's got seven losses. He can't be that good." Wrong. If you look at who this guy fought, Pablo Cesar Cano has fought the best of the best. He was thrown in early in his career. He became a durable opponent, and, and unfortunately, that's what he's labeled. So he gets in these fights with these uh, you know top-level guys and comes up short. But truthfully, he's a talented fighter, and he's still young. I love Pablo Cesar Cano, and uh, I, I'm I'm glad he got the uh, uh, win. Nothing against Linares because I don't have anything against Linares, uh, but uh, Linares has been in some battles and he's been knocked out savagely several times. He should consider either going back down in weight or hanging it up. He's been around for a while, uh, so uh, that, uh, great fight for Cano. Uh, also, real quick. Um, uh, Demetrius Andrade, and, and you know what? We didn't give much coverage on this fight, and I'm not going to talk about it much either because it, to me it wasn't a competitive fight. He, too, won via a 12-round stoppage uh, over Artur uh, Akovov, who drops to 19-3. and three. Um, You know, Art McCanty Jr., nothing like his father, waved the fight off with 24 seconds to go. Uh, when Andre uh, unleashed a, a, uh, a, a solid combination that uh, put uh, uh, Akurov in, in some trouble. It wasn't so severe that I believe McCanty Jr. should have stopped the fight, let the guy finish on his feet, 24 seconds. Um, but uh, that's just my opinion. Demetrius Andre is the odd man out 
in the middleweight division, especially if he's going to fight guys like, uh, and no disrespect, but guys like uh, Akavov, Sal. Yeah, I, I agree with you there too, Bill. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, I, I just want to rewind. Uh, when you were mentioning earlier, if I can, uh, and, uh, you know, when you mentioned Manny Pacquiao's record, how many losses? Six or seven? Manny Pacquiao? Yeah. Manny Pacquiao's got seven now. 61 wins, seven losses, and two draws. All right. So the lesson here is Manny Pacquiao is, is – such a great fighter, competitor, uh, all-around athlete. And he has uh, built a stellar, stellar performance and career that he's going to be in the memory and the Hall of Fames and, and, and uh, the books for life and for past his life. But you know what? Look at this. He's got seven losses today, and he, he, he fought everybody. Today, you have seven losses or, or so, uh, along your path, you know, the, the people are going to forget about you or so. But those losses were against world-class opponents. And, you know, but the thing is this, that's what I just want to use as the model of why I have so much respect for Manny Pacquiao is the fact that, you know, he didn't run away a dodge or worry about any one of the fights he went. He's a warrior. He fought who he could fight, when it was made, uh, and he let it all hang out. Win, lose, or draw, you always saw the best that Manny can give and uh, a heart of a warrior. And those seven defeats, you think they're going to taint a stellar career with all the titles and all the performances and all the wars he's been in? I don't think it's going to affect anything. And that's, that, that's what I'm trying to say. So if, you got, if, if you're afraid to lose, you're afraid to win. And that's the lesson here. Manny was never afraid to lose because he wanted to win. Let me tell no, no, you're you're right. Listen, a lot of young fans today, and the networks and the promoters, all devalue a fighter once they get a loss or two, and it's wrong. You know, uh, the greatest fighter ever, Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, had losses as well. Um, you know, that's why. I blame Floyd Mayweather for a lot of the problems with the way the sport is looked upon today because he was so successful at marketing his O. And I got news for you. If Manny Pacquiao's career ended today, if, if he hung him up, and, and I'll even go a step further. Even Let's say they do have a rematch, and let's say you're right, Mayweather wins again. I'm still, when it's all said and gone, done, and I know that a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I think that Manny Pacquiao will end up finishing higher on an all-time great list than Floyd will. And and the reason is what you just said, because of all the great fighters that he fought and that he did lose and, and you know, lifted himself back up. I mean, when I look at a fighter, I don't just look at the record. I, I look at who he fought the significance of the fight, et cetera, et cetera, and what impact he made on the sport of boxing. And when it gets to Hall of Famers, it has to be a positive impact. And, you know, it is what it is. But listen, before we, uh, uh, we're going to be taking a break here in a minute. One other thing I want to talk about. I don't even know if you caught this. Um, because uh, I can't even catch a cold. Bill. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the funny thing is, normally when stuff like this hits the news, and you catch it out of the corner of your eye, flipping pizzas. You call me. You drop me an I, email. You say something. 
Canelo, Canelo, Canelo Alvarez. Who? Canelo Alvarez against Danny Jacobs is set for a unification. It will be taking place on May 4th, of course, the Cinco de Mayo weekend. It'll be on the DAZN network. Um, Canelo says, I'm happy to announce my next fight during the festive weekend of Cinco de Mayo. I will unify my middleweight titles against Danny Jacobs, one of the two most important dates that belong to me. I have no doubt that I'll be victorious and that I'll be one step away from becoming the undisputed middleweight champ. And what better way to watch it uh, than on uh, the zone? Danny Jacobs said, this is the opportunity I've been waiting for, the opportunity to achieve greatness inside the ring. I've always believed that I could beat Canelo, and on May 4th, I will get my chance to play it out. It's been nearly four years since Canelo had faced an American challenger. It's going to be a huge event where I believe I will cement myself as the best middleweight in the division. I love this fight, and I got news for you. Um, don't be surprised. Now, we got a lot of time to talk about it, break it down, and give our final predictions. But I'm telling y'all right now, don't be surprised if Danny Jacobs wins this fight. This Danny Jacobs is a, is a fighter that, um, you know, I, I've had my ups and downs with him in terms of where I think he fits. I think he's come a long way. He learned from his loss, uh, um, you know, both his losses, I should say. Uh, and, you know, I, I just I, I just believe that uh, this is a guy that is going to come come through on uh, on May 4th. I, time will tell. And, and, and maybe I'm just saying it with my heart, Sal, because I've lost a lot of respect for Canelo. Well, I know you did. And, and, and so have I on so many levels. And, you know, I can't believe you just told me that. You know, our friend George uh, down here, George, who's a big fight fan, he comes to all of our events, and his wife, Terry, uh, they were in a pizzeria on Saturday. Now, I don't know when this was announced, but George said to me, because we were talking about we were talking about uh, uh, the Broner fight against Pacquiao, and he says, so what do you think about our man uh, Alvarez, Canelo? I said, well, I think it's a natural. I think he's going to get back in the ring for the third fight with Triple G, and he'll probably do it on the single to mile weekend. Well, I, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> you got to you got to turn your computer on uh, once in a while. You know what I mean, Sal? I mean, I've been, uh, I've been too much pizza, man. I'll tell you. Thank you for the input there. I got to thank George again. Maybe he was trying to open my eyes and say. So that's not going to happen, pal. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, it may happen, you know, uh, at, at some point. Not but, uh, the miles. <laughs> no, 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 not this year. But uh, a couple other things real quick before we take a break and uh, Sal gets to uh, uh, use the bathroom here. But uh, the truth of the matter is the WBC has ordered uh, negotiations for Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury too. Um, we'll see what happens with that. They have modified it due to the uh, uh, due to the draw. Normally, uh, the WBC uh, has a 70-30 split. Champ getting 70, challenger getting 30. But they changed it to a 60-40 uh, in uh, favor of Wilder. So we'll see what happens with that. There's no agreement yet. Uh, but if this fight is not um made between the two parties it will go to an open purse bid and then things might get interesting uh who knows what will take place because uh eddie hearn uh has offered uh, tyson fury a spot to fight anthony joshua on april 13th uh anthony joshua 
uh, and uh, Tyson Fury would be a huge fight over in England. But uh, Tyson Fury has already uh, said that uh, he wants a 50-50 split. So I, a lot of stuff. And, and now the negotiation between these three, uh, Wilder, Fury, and, and of course AJ and, and uh, uh, Fury possibly, or even AJ Wilder, I mean, that's how the, the boxing world turns. I'd love to see something positive come out of that. I'm anticipating that uh, we would see, and, and I wouldn't have a problem seeing, Anthony Joshua against Fury in April, and then getting a okay to let uh, the winner of that fight get wilder. Who knows? Uh, but we'll wait and see. One other fight, it has been made official. Amir Khan against Terrence Crawford, taking place April 20th, will be on pay-per-view. So uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up, Sal. And, uh, you know, it's it, boxing has picked up in terms of matches, uh, at least on paper, has picked up where it left off in 2018. Well, you know what's so funny, Bill? You look back, you and I, with the show the last couple of years, I think starting in 2016, uh, I think we said, hey, we're going to have a good year. Or look at this year that passed. It was a pretty good year. And we followed up with 2017. Look at this year that passed. It was a pretty good year. 2018 was a pretty good year. Well, I'll tell you what. 2019 is starting to shape up to be a pretty good year. So, you know, the resurgence or the boxing having its uh, opportunities to be, uh, you know, the serious sport, the world-class sport that it's always been, uh, is definitely going to have its opportunities to shine again this year. So, I'm just grateful and glad that we see some of these fights being made. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. Sal, you go do what you gots to do. I'm going to take a short break. And when we come back, Dax Khan is scheduled to join us. So uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Hey, you want to watch and listen to The Billy C. Show 24 hours a day, seven days a week on whatever streaming device you happen to like? Well, check out our new television network, uh, The Billy C. Boxing Channel on Ginnico USA. All the information can be found, www.ginnicousa.com. Uh, you can catch us now on Roku and tons of other streaming uh, avenues, I guess. Uh, just go to GinecoUSA.com and uh, check it out. Find out how you can get us. You can sign up for a free, I say free, I say free account. And uh, it's been doing pretty well. Joining us right now, I wonder how much snow you got, Dax. Dax Khan, what's up, man? Hey, good morning. How are you? Oh, not too bad. How, how about, What's the snow situation uh, the snow stopped. Now we're just getting ice. Oh wow! Well, uh, 
ice. It's it's like I think it's four below zero here. That's strange, well, the, man. Well, the thing is, it's just uh, raining so hard, and it's just turned to ice almost immediately. It's like building up in the power lines. You can actually see outside the street lights. It's hanging down like icicles, like you know, uh, you see on the side of the building when you were a kid. So uh, if all of a sudden the screen goes black, I know what it is. I know you lost power. So uh, anyway, yeah, they lost power at the MGM Grand last night. Did they? Yeah, they did. I didn't know what it wasn't during the pay per view. Yeah, it was during the pay per view. Yeah. Which fight? I forget which fight it was. I have to think. Uh, it was during like one of the ring walks. All of a sudden, the power went out. It was so WWE like. Really? Oh yeah. Wait, was that when that sound when you heard that like zzz, zzz, during right. the song? Yes. Okay, yes. okay, okay. I didn't even notice it. The generators were uh, did it, did their jobs. All right, let's get right into it. Manny Pacquiao against uh, Adrian Broner. Your thoughts, sir? Hmm. Well. It pretty much played out how most of us expected. Uh, you know, once the punches started coming Broner's way, he's he wasn't able to, uh, you know, return fire. And that's always been Adrian Broner's biggest problem at that next level. Um, you know, I think the Paulie Malinagy fight, as I stated the last time uh, on our last show, that was the first inclination that, you know, once, uh, you know, fighters are coming at Adrian Broner with volume, and we've seen the same thing with Marcus Maidana. We've seen the same thing with Sean Porter. We've seen the same thing with Mikey Garcia. And we've seen the same thing last night. You know, Manny Pacquiao, you know, looked like 30, not 40. You know, um, once uh, he won those early rounds, then he settled in you know, around the fifth round, sixth round. It looked as though uh, Broner might change things around. But, you know, then Pacquiao went after that body, which I think was more or less uh, kind of designed. It might be like a new... A new style because he's a 40-year-old guy. So, you know, he has to come out strong, then settle a little bit. And then once after that, I think it was around the seventh round. From there out, he just he just abused Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner had to be in that corner thinking to himself at some point in time, how long is this Marcos Maidana fight going to last? Because that was a Marcos Maidana type beating. You know, I wonder what goes on in the mind of uh, Adrian Broner. Because... You know, obviously, he said that he thought he won the fight. I don't know if that was just a canned response or whatever, but no adjustments um, seem to be uh, have made been made. Manny Pacquiao, they made a big deal about the 40-year-old, um, but he did come in shape, and he was aggressive the way he should uh, have been. I, you know, I, I could see that he didn't have the pop behind his punches, but it didn't matter. His hand speed was still there, and if he's lost a step or two speed-wise, it certainly didn't show up last night. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know what to think of Broner. You know, I, I guess, I guess my clinging to the fact that the kid had talent, his mindset isn't there. You know, he thinks he's better than he is. Um, he should have changed his game plan a little bit. But credit to Pacquiao for being aggressive, because, uh, like I said earlier, uh, Dax. To beat a counterpuncher, a good counterpuncher, the only way to do it is to, you know, be aggressive and, and, and land your punches, come in at your opponent in all different angles, throwing punches and head movement. Those are all things that, uh, that Manny did. I, that won him the fight, in my opinion. Uh, and um, well, the, the volume, you know, the output that, you know, he, he let go. But, you know, an interesting stat is in their last six fights, um, Adrian Broner actually let his hands go more and, and he's landed at a higher rate than Pacquiao. So you thought that, you know, maybe with, with that 40 year old age uh, that, you know, that Pacquiao's at, that would have, 
been some sort of, uh, you know, something that would have tipped in Broner's favor, but no. And again, that's because Manny Pacquiao has fought and won at the higher level, and he was able to be more versatile. He went in there with a, a better game plan. And Adrian Broner, uh, you made a very valid point on where, you know, his early fights, he had so much success, and when it came time, he had to dig deep, and he had to come from behind. I think Adrian Broner just, he was never taught that in the gym. He was never given that opportunity early on to deal with a little adversity. He was never, as we always complain about these guys getting the right fights to round out their skill set, Adrian Broner was never given, you know, the proper types of uh, journeyman you know, on, on the way up there to help him round out that skill set and to put him in situations where he had to, you know, change his game plan you know, on the fly, you know, which in the ring you have to do at that level especially. Uh, no doubt. Did, did did you notice anything that Broner uh, could have done to make this a different fight, aside from throw more punches? Yeah, he he had to let his hands go, and he had to you know, move his feet, keep turning Pacquiao. You know, you know, let your hands go and make Pacquiao reset, and then you know, keep moving him. You know, if you ever watch Manny Pacquiao throughout his whole career, you know, when when guys turn, Manny has to reset himself because that's when he always lets lets loose those those three, four, and five punch combinations, and Adrian Broner wasn't able to do that. Um. Now the other, some of the other fights that uh, uh, took place on the pay per view card. The first one I'll talk about real quick is the uh, Brown fight, Marcus Brown. You know, I I picked Badu Jack in this fight, uh, so I was obviously wrong. And I was impressed with Marcus Brown. He was in great shape, moving uh, around, and, and totally took it to uh, uh, Badu Jack. Badu Jack uh, started late in this fight. Uh, or maybe he never even really started at all. He seemed to look every bit of his age in that fight. Uh, but I was. it seemed, uh, you know, now the next morning, it, it seems that I'm more disappointed in Brown than Jack's performance, even though it should be the other way. And the reason why I say I'm disappointed, uh, Dax, even though he did everything right and won the fight decisively, was the way he delivers his punches kind of strange? He he kind of slaps with the, with with the heel uh, of his glove, and his footwork, unless he was just doing it for Badu Jack, seemed awfully strange. I don't know. Is it me, or is there just something major missing from Marcus Brown? Well, again, Marcus Brown is a guy who. He had lost the you know, the, uh, the hot rod fight, in my opinion. In everybody's opinion, he lost that fight. And Marcus Brown has become one of those guys who became very overly confident, overly dependent on his power. He went in there with Badu Jack. You know, he fought smart. I think he realized, I'm in there with a guy that's just levels above anybody I've ever faced before. I can't get careless. I've seen Badu Jack get knocked down. I've seen him get hit by guys like Adonis Stevenson, and he's gotten back up. So I'm going to have to uh, use my size advantage, my reach advantage, and my youth advantage, which he did. And, uh, you know, Badu Jack, he just was never able to get it going for whatever reason. I don't know. It was an off night. Maybe, as you stated, age is caught up to him. There's really no telling, but, you know, Marcus Brown, he did a good job. He looked like a cruiserweight in there. He looked so much bigger than Badu Jack. Uh, you know, Marcus Brown, I think that, uh, you know, he needs to snap his jab a little more. He needs to, uh, you know, be a little bit more um, fluent with his footwork. I like the way that, you know, he he they had definitely uh, capitalized and utilized his reach smartly. But, honestly, um, uh, Marcus Brown, he needs to have some more fights before they foolishly try and accept the fight with Alexander Vodzik, because that style or not, you know, Vodzik, 
you know, uh, you know, a guy like Vodic would just walk right through him. Same thing with, you know, Badu Jack. I can un- kind of understand now after looking at that fight why they decided to vacate that WBA title and avoid Dimitri Paval. Well, the thing with Jack is that he really doesn't have much punching power. And the game plan for Marcus Brown to tie him up um, worked and neutralized uh, him to do... But, but did he get, like, a little ugly, though? Marcus Brown, you know, he talked about Bill on um, his whole whole overall skill set. He doesn't really know how to tie up a fighter. It's more or less just like an ugly clinch. No, you're, no, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not impressed with the guy, and I, and I feel bad. He's a New York guy, and... You know, I mean, I, you know, he, he wants to fight. There's just some strange question marks. Like, for example, during the fight, there seemed to be kind of a, a major removal of him and Gary Stark. I mean, all of a sudden he wasn't listening to Gary Stark. And, he, and they were, you know, they were going back and forth. He seemed to just be ignoring him. But then at the end of the fight, he praised Gary Stark. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's just their relationship. Uh, Maybe it's uh, just the wrong trainer for a kid. I don't know. I'll tell you who might be the wrong trainer is Louis DeVal. Uh, you know, telling uh, Bad Dude Jack, uh, listen, trust me when I tell you, this cut's not that bad. And then when I saw Dax, that was one of the most gruesome cuts I've ever seen. And and I don't think they should have I, I don't think they should have let that fight continue. And not because the blood was, uh, you know, trickling in the eye like like uh, usually the cuts uh, that take place over the eye, the reason why they stop. But this, the, the amount of blood that was spitting out, I mean, there should be a fine line between, you know, is blood draw, going in the eye uh, or is it just uh, do we have a pint of it on, on, on the canvas? You know, I mean, at some point. A decision had to be made. There was no. He wasn't winning that fight. He wasn't coming back and not. He wasn't. He's not a knockout punch. They should have stopped that fight. I'm disappointed in at least the corner. Uh, that's, you know, they should have, could have. It's you know, it's a look back. But you know, we've seen worse. Uh, I think last night uh, I might have spoke with Alex on Twitter and where I had stated that that cut really wasn't as bad as the Edwin Valero cut in his fight against uh, Antonio DeMarco. Remember when early on he was just totally split to the bone. Same thing for uh, Lennox Lewis with uh, Vitaly Klitschko. And that one was brutal, except uh, Vitaly's uh, uh, cut was you know more above his eye. And, you know, that was actually starting to split down the eyelid, which is what caused that, uh, you know, them to make the decision that that fight had to be stopped. This one, it really, I didn't notice exactly how bad and how deep it was until the end of the fight when they, you know, they got rid of some of that blood. And you could actually see straight down to the bone. So maybe, you know, during the fight, they didn't realize how deep that really was. Then they need to get a better doctor. <laughs> Jeez. Mm-hmm. At, you're right. When they put that, that's when it was really, that's when I had a really turn away was when at the end of the fight and you saw it and when it went right down. Oh, anyway, um, one of the most entertaining fights of the night, and I'm not discrediting Pacquiao Brona because it was entertaining, um, but uh, uh, how about uh, Nordini Obuliai uh, winning uh, the vacant WBC belt over Rasheed Warren? I love the fight, and I have a feeling they're going to meet again. What was your thoughts on that one? Well, Obuliai has a win over Warren in the Olympics, and he has a win over Warren as a professional. One thing I did notice about Obuliai is – did you just notice the back on him? Talk about, I mean, that guy was just all nothing but muscle from behind. And uh, a light-hitting Rashi Warren, in my opinion, just had no way to keep him off. 
Um, you know, Rashi Warren, you know, has never been really a power puncher. He's never been really an overactive puncher. He's a skilled fighter, but for some reason, his work rate and his pace is slow. A bully I came, he knew that he was the visiting fighter, that he had to be dominant to win, and that's exactly what he did. So, yeah, they might meet again right now with that World Boxing Super Six Series. Uh, I mean, uh, the World Boxing uh, Super Series going on. You know, there are no other top bantamweights out there. In fact, all the very best bantamweights are in that series. So, I mean, this might have been the only, um, you know, top level will fight for either one of those guys to have. It'd be interesting to see what happens next. Uh, with both guys, I don't think um, Rashi Warren, uh, you know, the loss, even before, you know, even if it was a win, he wasn't really that relevant in the division. And uh, Obulei, you know, it'd be interesting to see exactly what happens to him next. You know, there's a lot of good names for him to fight in that division. And uh, let's talk about the news that was uh, released uh, um, late this past week. Canelo uh, Alvarez going up against Danny Jacobs, signed, sealed, and delivered. A unification fight will be taking place uh, during Cinco de Mayo weekend, May 4th. Dax, I love this fight. I love this fight. And if you would have asked me who was going to win this fight if it was signed, sealed, and delivered two years ago, I probably would have leaned towards Canelo. But now, I'm not so sure. I, ha I have this strange feeling that Danny Jacobs uh, is going to come out on top. What's your thoughts on this fight? Oh, I love I loved the fight. You know, Danny Jacobs wanted this fight when the Canelo and Triple G fight, the rematch was in jeopardy. Uh, now that they're both with the zone, you know, so it was inevitable that it was going to happen. It's a unification fight. Uh, you know, uh, the only other title not held by either one of these guys would be that WBO title, which Demetrius Andre has. So it's very significant for the division. And again, I agree with you. If you asked me a couple years ago on who would have won this fight, I would have picked Canelo you know, without a second question. But Danny Jacobs has totally evolved as a fighter. We now know that Danny Jacobs has a very solid chin. So this this is, you know, it truly is a mega fight. And who's going to win? I don't know. Is it going to be uh, Danny Jacobs' boxing ability and power? Or is it uh, going to be Canelo's counterpunching? Either way, I'm just happy that the fight is made uh, for 2018 because this is the direction that we want to see boxing go in. And the fact that, you know, again, it's, the, you know, these new streaming platforms just seem to be raising the bar. You know, they did have a stipulation in the contract that states that Canelo cannot eat any kind of beef, no matter where it is. Uh, he's only going to be allowed to eat chicken and fish and uh, vegetables. So uh, uh, hopefully we won't have any uh, BS happening there. Were you as surprised as I was with the Jennings loss to Oscar Rivas? No, not really. Now, Brian Jennings... Um you know, I like him, you know, uh, a good fighter. He's just not a uh, heavyweight for this era. And again, not even his Oxford Rebus, who's actually smaller than Brian Jennings. But I think, um, you know, Brian Jennings, his best performance was against Vladimir Klitschko. I think a lot of us thought because of that performance that Brian Jennings was going to go out to bigger and better things. Uh, Klitschko would lose his title in his next fight to Tyson Fury. I think that maybe Brian Jennings just caught Klitschko at the wrong time, and that's, you know, at the right time, rather, and that's what allowed him to last the distance. Other than that, though, um, you know, Brian Jennings is a guy that, you know, he's a very good fighter. He's not a great fighter. I think he's in the wrong division, and you could possibly be right. I heard you state earlier, speaking with Sal, that, uh, you know, the Luis Ortiz fight may have just took a lot out of him. Um, as for Oscar Rivas, what's next for him? I really don't know. Again, he's a, he's a very small, undersized heavyweight. And the top names in this division, uh, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, and Deontay Wilder, those are guys, if you're undersized, you know, you, you stand no chance against. And especially uh, Tyson Fury, a guy who's hard enough to hit, man. He has uh, an, an iron chin, so. 
Yeah, I I think that I think the fight uh, with Luis Ortiz, who's who's scheduled for uh, a pretty big fight himself, uh, uh, pretty soon. I I, I think that ruined, um, you know, Brian Jennings. I, I think it changed the way he uh, his approach on, on fighting, and I thought that was evident uh, on Friday night. Back to uh, Manny Pacquiao, Broner. Um, what's next? I mean, you, we all know what the rumor is uh, for Pacquiao. Uh, with, with his next fight, uh, like his wife was saying in, in all the, the, the pre-fight interviews, et cetera, et cetera, she wants him to fight one more time and then hang him up. That one more fight, if it even should take place, because it, it wouldn't be a bad idea for Manny to walk away on top right now uh, with a very significant win over uh, Adrian Broner. Obviously, that fight is, is Floyd Mayweather. My first question is, do you see it happening? And number two, what would you say the result would be? Most likely, it will happen. It's a money grab for both guys. First, I will be honest, and I went through a little debate with Lou DiBella last night. I don't want to see the fight. I don't care about the fight. It's not a significant fight. It's a WWE event. I don't think that either one of those guys, after the first fight, um, or, you know, have done anything to make fans outside of this new era fans who like more show and more talk over substance to say that these guys should, you know, deserve $70 million a piece. Now, Lou DiBella, you know, he made a valid point last night saying, what do you think this whole fight is about between Broner and Pacquiao to set that up? I said, you know, but... You know, it'd be different if maybe Mayweather and Pacquiao were going to fight some of these young, stronger guys, you know, an Errol Spence or a Terrence Crawford or even a, a Sean Porter. And, you know, Lou DiBello, you know, came straight out and said, who cares about the quality? It's about money. It's a business. You know, that exactly shows why American boxing has declined so much. Yeah, but, you know, he, here's the thing. You know the old saying, Dax. Give the people what they want. So if the people are willing to shell out the money, I mean, I shelled out seventy-five bucks last night for for Canelo and, and Broner. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Pacquiao Broner. Which you know, let's be real. I, I don't even know if if that fight was was worth that much. I mean, not entertainment value, but I mean the fight itself, especially the rest of the card. So if people are willing to shell out the money, fine. You know, and and I also agree. What you're saying, you know, we we all define it as a WWE event, and the reason we say that, in case you guys don't get it, is because it means nothing else in boxing. These two guys have, if they have a collision course for a rematch and to make another truckload of money, that's fine, but we're not talking about the two best fighters of a division squaring off. We're talking about two old fighters that still have some interest in fighting uh, still have some fan interest in fighting each other uh, because if either one of these guys wanted to continue to be a dominant force in the welterweight division like a Sugar Ray Robinson did back in his day, uh, Manny Pacquiao would be going after one of the top guns, would be going after an Errol Spencer, uh, a Keith Thurman, uh, or even a Terrence Crawford. Those would be the fights. And Dax, I know you agree with me. He, Pacquiao's not beating those guys. No, he's not, and right now neither is Floyd Mayweather. Neither exactly. Mayweather no, ago, I meant that. This is why. And, Bill, I'll be honest with you, it's not really worth the time. It's not worth the time to get into it. I you know, I want to worry about the now, not the money grabs, the now, the guys that are relevant in the sport. No, hey, you're right 100%, and what makes it, it even worse is you have guys like Terrence Crawford who's not fighting an Errol Spence right away. 
uh, or a Sean Porter who's not going after um, you know uh, either one of those guys, a Terrence Crawford. I, I, I believe he would want to fight him. But that's the problem with the sport. We leave our our sport itself leaves the door open for carnival acts like a Mayweather-Pacquiao uh, rematch. Uh, it's sad, but it's true. It is sad. Hey, here's a question. Last night, Bill, um, get your opinion, maybe Alice and Sal's, uh, when they jump on, you know, uh, Bob Bennett and uh, the MGM, for whatever reason, they refused to allow WBC fighters, um, in last night's case, it would be Warren and Nobali, and then it would be uh, Badu Jack and Marcus Brown, to weigh in the same day at the MGM for the WBC um, uh, safety weight program, Ovali um, and Rashi Warren in the dressing rooms at the at the uh, the MGM Grand were nice enough to weigh in and, and give out those weights and show those weights. But I don't understand why Bob Bennett would not allow these guys to participate publicly in this program, which is a safe weight program. It's safe for the boxers. It's good for the boxers. It's good for the sport. You know, who is Bob Bennett protecting? Who who is uh who didn't come in on weight and Bob Bennett knew that, who uh, maybe gained too much weight overnight and Bob Bennett knew that and he didn't want to sit there and jeopardize something on that card because one of those guys who happened to be associated with one of those promoters out there who bring in a lot of money, you know, may have lost out. You know, you know more than anyone, and if anybody has watched this show, they know my feelings towards uh, Bob, the gutless, spineless piece of garbage, uh, Bennett from Las Vegas, uh, from the Nevada State Athletic Commission. But I think that the main reason here, and you know, some of the networks do it, and some of them don't. But you know, the WBC, and if we had to pick. Uh, the top sanctioning body of the major ones. I'm sure we we would pick the WBC uh, because they they're all bad. But but the WBC is probably the the best of the top four or five. Um, but but here's the thing: they are not boxing. They are not sanctioning uh, a fight. Technically, they may sanction a title fight, but at the end of the day, the commission is involved. Uh, they're the ones calling the shots, and their rules do not require it. I think it was more of a power play like that, Dax. That but they that's were unacceptable, Bill. It's but, unacceptable, and you're right. But it's unacceptable. Why is it unacceptable when you're fighting? And and and, and I'm just Dax. I just so you know, it's not that I'm disagreeing with you at all because I do believe that a fighter. Uh, should be uh, weighed denied it a fight. The di the big difference with this is the WBC has that uh, rehydration uh, clause in, in their title fights, and Nevada State Athletic Commission, if it wasn't in the contract, they're not going to support it. So maybe they were just keeping that so it wouldn't cause any kind of issues? Well, you know, what about you know, the safety? You know, We stress all the time, earlier on, you were speaking about the, uh, the Badu-Jack-Marcus-Brown fight should have been stopped because of the cut. You know, that was a safety issue. Again, the weight is a safety issue. That's why the WBC wants this. That's why the IBF has that 10-pound rehydration rule, because it's a safety issue. So these commissions, the state, forget about the power play. Let's worry about the safety of the fighters. By doing so, I'm disappointed. It's reckless. Again, it's a money grab. The fighters come second. The money comes first. These guys are making the money off the sweat of these guys, you know, the, the, the risk that these guys are taking to make a living and achieve greatness, and that's unfair. Why don't you step in the ring, Bob Bennett, and you go in there and you and you risk something, then you can say, you know what? What does not matter? I went and did it. I know the dangers, but they're not, and it's not right, 
and, and you know, so, so it just disgusts me. It bothers me. Uh, last thing before uh, we go, Bill, just want to mention, uh, I think it deserves a mention, is um, Amanda Serrano, I think on uh, Friday night, she, met, she cemented herself as the greatest female fighter in the history of this sport. Um. I don't even know what you do. I, I've been. I, I got to be honest. I've been. She I, she is the only seven division female world champion, and she just totally destroyed Eva Vorenberger with a body shot in that first round. And Vorenberger is no uh, walkover an easy fighter. Vorenberger is an accomplished fighter. Amanda Serrano has won uh, titles all the way from flyweight to junior featherweight to junior welterweight, and now that's going to set up actually the very first mega fight for female boxing. I mean, a genuine mega fight for female boxing. That's going to be Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor. That, that ought to be a good one, and I uh, feel uh, I apologize to you that I wasn't aware of it. And I like Amanda Serrano. She's uh, I've called I've gotten to call a couple of her fights, but uh, anyway. Yes, yes, your fight. Matter of fact, Bill, I was thinking about you the other night. The only loss on her record came right after the fight that you called between her and, and uh, Ilya Nunez. Yeah, um, and that was a controversial fight, but the Nunez fight was uh, good. And then I got I got to call the one after the loss when she won again. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, she's, she's, she's good. And her trainer, I mean, they, they got a good team. They got a good team. I just, uh, I, I wasn't, I, I feel stupid. But, uh, hey, thanks for filling me in. And thanks that's for all you. That's right. Keeping me straight. <laughs> Dax, stay warm, and we'll talk to you next time, brother. All right, everybody. Enjoy your day and stay inside. That's Dax Khan. You can check out his column up on BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, Listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, uh, we're going to have the, the technically challenged Alex Papali join us. Uh, so uh, don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there, Jeremy, man. Uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Don't forget to uh, check us out on your streaming device. That's right, your favorite streaming device, whether you subscribe to Roku or any of the others. Uh, you can now watch our uh, show 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then some uh, some specials that we did. All of the uh, Boxing Revisited episodes are up there and a bunch of stuff we've done uh, for years. We've been doing this now 15 years. So check it out. All the information uh, can be found. Ginico, I think that's how you say it. G-I-N-I-K-O-U-S-A dot com. Check it out. Sign up right now for free. Joining us right now. And uh, a guy who you can uh, see uh, on uh, some of those uh, old broadcasts, uh, Alex Papali and I did uh, several events that uh, I forgot about till I started watching them. saying, who's these young, who's these young guys? And it was, oh, oh, it's just me and Alex. Uh, what's up, Alex? Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Pacquiao 
Broner, your thoughts, sir? Um, I thought it was, you know, kind of predictable. Uh, I was hoping um, that it would be uh, a little bit uh, more exciting, but um, I do think that, you know, what was interesting is that we do see that uh, there's quite a bit left in Manny Pacquiao, which for me is kind of hard to believe. Uh, it seems like this is, uh, in terms of sports, this is like the weekend of 40-year-olds because you got uh, Manny Pacquiao last night and you got two 40-year-old, 40-plus-year-old uh, quarterbacks tonight. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's amazing that he's still able to function um, at that high a level after such a long career. But when you think about it, he has um, taken quite a bite out of the current welterweight division. And, you know, I mean, I don't think he beats Terrence Crawford, but uh, he beats Danny Garcia, I think. Um, maybe not, but I think that that's a competitive fight, which is kind of hard to believe at where, you know, with a 40-year-old. Uh, he doesn't fight the way he used to, um, but he's still, he's still got an enormous fan base, and I think that will cheer for him no matter what he does. Um, and I think in, in this sport, that goes a long way, and that's probably why we will see a Mayweather rematch, um, even though it's probably not um, as interesting in terms of an athletic competition, it will be, um, you know, a moneymaker. So, well, here's, they'll probably have it. Here, here, here's why it it is um, a, a fight that, that will garner interest uh, and it, it, the reason why it will make a lot of money. What we have with a Mayweather-Pacquiao rematch is something that um, is what we want in the sport. And what I mean by that is two fighters that are over 40 years old fighting each other. This isn't a 40-year-old fighting a 29-year-old, although that's what we saw last night. This isn't a 40-year-old fighting a, uh, you know, up-and-coming killer and, 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 you know, to get the name on the resume, so to speak, like Broner was hoping for last night. This is two guys that are, you know, pretty much the same age uh, you know, one's a defensive fighter, one's an offensive fighter. Uh, one is just offensive, but uh, you know, I mean, the other the other thing is that I believe that if Manny Pacquiao fights the same way he fought Adrian Broner last night against Mayweather the, the second time out, he's going to beat Mayweather. Mayweather is a defensive counterpuncher. He's not an offensive minded fighter, and he's not going to be able to to connect with Manny. Um, you know, the way he may have been able to if they both fought in their prime. Unfortunately, we were robbed of that. But I see this fight happening, and I see it being uh, doing well with the pay-per-view only because it's put in perspective. These are two guys that are not relative uh, or relevant in the, in the welterweight division despite Manny Pacquiao having a title. Um, these are two 40-year-old-plus guys that um, are fighting each other. And, and I think it's still going to garner interest. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, you know, when the, definitely the, the fact that they're both over the hill, it does make it, um, you know, more appealing in that sense, in the sense of what who has more left. But um, I don't, uh, the thing 
I don't see Manny Pacquiao um, being any more competitive than he was last time against uh, Floyd Mayweather. Um, the thing about Floyd that's different than Adrian Broner is that um, he makes adjustments and um, and he fights to win, whereas Adrian Broner does not fight to win. Um, so I think that, that that's the thing that would have been different is that if uh, you know Manny Pacquiao brought what he brought last night uh, against Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather would have adjusted and found some other tools uh, that would have you know stymied that jab. And that's the other thing too about being a counterpuncher like Adrian Broner. If it's going to work, you're going to have to uh, land your counter punches more often and in in significant bunches enough to make the person hesitate. And he just never did, uh, whereas Floyd definitely did. I mean, that's how Floyd uh, nullified Mosley. Remember when Sugar Shane, even though that was a long time ago, when Sugar Shane Mosley uh, rocked him in that second round? Well, the third round, uh, Floyd starts throwing a left hook that you don't expect. And, you know, he'd catch Mosley on the way in, so Mosley was has, would hesitate a little. Floyd always is a master of that, of doing what needs to be done, making little adjustments little wrinkles in his game to uh you know outsmart you i still think that he's got that got that talent against manny pacquiao um and that manny relies on just plain volume of punches and speed and angles um those things fade uh more than mayweather's craft fades as much as mayweather's been uh away from the sport and Really, see, he did just knock out that uh, Japanese guy, you know, which that was impressive. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's like him knocking out the parking attendant, too, remember? When he when he uh, beat up the 19-year-old parking attendant. Floyd, listen, listen, I, the, the point is this, and I can't stand Floyd. I don't even want to give him the, the, the hype. But, I, I, you know, Pacquiao fought Broner to fight Floyd, and it was not an easy battle. I, you know, I was criticized um, for saying that that Pacquiao was going to struggle with Broner and everything else. And you know what? The truth of the matter is, is the fight went exactly how I predicted. I predicted Pacquiao to win the fight via, via a decision. You know, Broner has a solid chin. You know, he's an idiot, but he's got a solid chin. He didn't throw enough punches. You know, so, so you, when you look at Floyd and you say, okay, let's assume, let's just assume uh, based on Floyd's history, that he's got a, a tighter defense and um, he's more accurate with his punches. Let's just say that, okay? Um, and, 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 you know, I believe it, but let's just say. The same version of Manny Pacquiao, you know, it's critical that that is thrown into the equation. The same version of Manny Pacquiao that showed up last night shows up to fight Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd Mayweather does the same stuff, you know, is elusive defensively, uh, ties up his opponents, et cetera, et cetera. But Manny is, is attacking him. He's going in with the kill or be killed attitude. He's, he's moving. He's punching from different angles. Floyd is going to have to make an adjustment, something Adrian Broner did not do. And that means Floyd may have to exchange. I don't see Floyd exchanging. I see Floyd trying to rob uh, Pacquiao, and I see Pacquiao getting the nod on the scorecards just like he did last night. Even though a lot of those punches he did miss, Broner. Broner did uh, avoid uh, a lot of those punches. But the bottom line is you can't win a fight unless you're throwing punches, Alex. This is true. This is true. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it is it is likely to happen, and I think that's one of the reasons why we saw that fight last night. The, the biggest, it was sort of, uh, I don't want to be so negative, but it was sort of an easy promotion in the sense that um, you had a guy like Adrian Broner who was willing to, he, he loves being the heel, and what's the easiest form of promotion is uh, the white hat versus the black hat. And that's sort of the uh, the the way this promotion went. Um, Broner, you know, played the bad guy, uh, sort of played it the best against Jim Gray and Al Bernstein. Um, he forgot to bring the bad guy uh, attitude against Manny. But um, so I, I don't know. I think that, yes, it was sort of a, a preamble to a possible rematch with uh, Mayweather. I'm not as interested in that. I think that's, you know, certainly not going to stop it from happening. But um, I don't know. I'd like, I'm interested to see what Keith Thurman has when he fights Jose, Jose Cito Lopez. But I do think that, um, uh, I don't know. I'd be curious to see what Thurman looks like because that's somebody that Manny Pacquiao might be able to beat. Um just because he's, I mean, even though he's big and strong, his inactivity has been incredible. Um, I don't know. I, uh, there's, there's still things, the sun hasn't set on Manny Pacquiao, um, on Manny Pacquiao as a welterweight, which is hard to believe. Uh, you know, and I think that, you know, to me, there, there are some other things for him to do other than fight Mayweather or be president of the Philippines. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, he is still one of the top welterweights, and that is pretty stunning. But I, I think Terrence Crawford beats him and beats him badly. Uh, you see, this is where my point is, is that, you know, truthfully, Mayweather or Pacquiao will not beat some of these young guns, despite none of these young guns having the resume of either uh, Pacquiao or Mayweather. The only significant fight left for, for these guys, if they choose to do it, is to fight each other. I don't think there's anything left for Manny Pacquiao to prove. As a matter of fact, if he if he won't uh, if Floyd won't fight him, then if I'm Manny Pacquiao, I hang him up. There's nothing he's got to prove. There's no reason he's got to go in there and fight uh, one of these young guns. It, it just doesn't make sense. And then to go back to the possibility of a Pacquiao Floyd rematch. The only reason why I want to see it is I want a decisive ending. I want somebody to get knocked out. I want somebody to get beaten up really badly, and that somebody is Floyd Mayweather. But but I mean, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that I, I, I want you need a decisive win. I mean, I thought that Floyd won the first fight decisively, and then all of a sudden you, you hear about the shoulder. Uh, you, then you hear some of the Pacquiao fans, which are delusional, feeling that he won the fight. Um, you know, so I mean, you know what what that fight needs. The, the the simple fact that the two fighters were parallel throughout their whole careers, and the fans were robbed of of, of a possibility of some great fights between the two uh, because they fought so late, is a decisive ending. A no BS type of, uh, you know, so-and-so knocked out so-and-so, you know. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of would be surprised if Floyd takes the rematch. Uh, Floyd only wants fights that he knows he can win 100%. And looking at the way Pacquiao fought and, you know, the uh, 
what you alluded to with Floyd's last stay busy fight against a uh, a, a really, really, really small Japanese guy. Um, I, I just, I don't even know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see it at all, Alex. It's possible. I mean, uh, I, you know, Floyd was very cagey, as you know, you you expect Floyd to be. Uh, last night when they mentioned it, but um, you know, because he's not as much as uh, he likes to self-promote. He's certainly not going to do business. Um, in public, uh, so the idea that Jim Gray was going to get him to agree to the fight with just a nod, that was kind of ridiculous. But, um, you know, I do think it'll happen because, uh, as we know, uh, what's the saying? Money talks and walks. Um, so I do think that um, we will see it. Um, no, I'm not all that excited. I, I, I think maybe it'll be a little more decisive, but I, I don't know, Billy C. I don't see those two guys fighting a rumbling, I mean, a thrilling Manila type fight uh, where it's real decisive and brutal. I think it'll still be tactical. I think the most the thing about Manny Pacquiao now at um, uh, 40 years old is, and you can't blame him for this because he's given so much, is he doesn't risk quite as much um, as he used to. And the, the most aggressive, the most damaging he looked last night was, what was it? The, I think it was the 10th, or the end of the 10th when, um, or maybe it was the 9th when Broner um, caught uh, Manny at the end of the round with like two hard punches. And then it was the next round where Manny really hurt him and uh, had that little um, moment where he just exploded to the head and the body. Um, you know, that was the way he used to fight for 12 rounds. You don't get that kind of Manny anymore. He's 40 years old. I don't, you know, I think it's, I don't know, that's a, a young man's style of fight, but that's what this sport is. I, I don't know. There was a part of me that was rooting for Adrian Broner to sort of, you know, have a changing of the guard last night, but um, that certainly... Um, was not in the cards in the least. I think if Floyd and Manny fight again, it's going to be the exact same fight we saw last night, uh, with the exception of I still don't believe that Floyd has the chin of Adrian Broner. And people could argue with me because, you know, the big argument is, well, you can't hit him. You know, well, you can't hit him when he's tying you up and when he's running around the ring like the way he does. So I, I just have a feeling that Manny found something uh, maybe that one fight away from Freddie Roach has helped him. Uh, he was definitely in great shape. You know Floyd will be perfect and, and in his great shape. So we're going to see a battle of 40-plus guys, and it's going to be uh, relative to their ages, and it, it still should be uh, competitive. Uh, Alex. It would be um, nice to see if, you know, when you think about it, because, like, you know, with Ali Frazier, as they old, got older, the uh, the fight became much more brutal and more – uh, decisive um, and that happened with Bo and Holyfield but I don't know uh, these guys are not Ali Frazier they're not Bo Holyfield um, they both have chose more strategic tactical performances in their later career so I I'm not sure it would be a fun fight but that's you know it, it, it will definitely happen I mean look at the fans I I'd be curious what the pay-per-view numbers were but look at the fans 
that came out for him. He still puts asses in seats. So yeah, that's you know that's one thing is a hundred percent for sure. He puts asses in seats. Um, big fight that was announced. Well, but before we get to that, how about uh, Jorge Linares getting knocked out by uh, uh, Pablo Cesar Cano? I love Cano, and I've always wished that he, you know, didn't get put in uh, with the, uh, you know, A-level opponents as quickly as he did. Uh, is this the end for Linares? You know, I don't know, but that was amazing. I just watched it this morning. Uh, I didn't watch that. Um, that was what on the undercard of the Andrade fight. Um, I didn't watch that uh, Andrade fight, so I wasn't able to. I had heard that Linares got upset, but I just watched it this morning. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I think he, it did seem that it was the size. Um, I mean, I don't know. Linares is a hell of a fighter. He's always been a hell of a fighter. Uh, however, um, you could catch him. And, you know, uh, he was... I don't know. I mean, that wasn't a that wasn't a moment where it was like, well, he's just got a fragile chin because uh, they were, you know, really engaging. But he certainly caught him cold. And it could have been that, you know, part of it was the size that he's being hit or, hit harder by a guy that, you know, he's never been hit that hard by a man that big. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. This could very well be the end. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets himself together. He's a hell of a fighter, Linares, and he he is kind of a throwback to the older days because he hasn't let defeats finish him, you know, whereas a lot of guys today in the modern age, you know, they take one or two losses and then they're never the same. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, one of the best fights last, last year was him and Lomachenko. So it is hard to believe that here he is getting blasted out one round, but all credit to Cano, man. He... Uh, he definitely caught him in that right hand. You know, he kept landing it. And, but I think it was, what was it, a left hook, I think, that finally ended things. I, I just, you know, the kid, uh, he's taken lightly because fighters today and their management just look at uh, records. And they, they think, you know, if you, if you really dissect Cano's record and see who he's put in with um, and as early as he was, you could see why. And he's still young. That's the other thing, you know. But uh, in any Absolutely. event. Um Big fight announcement, uh, Canelo Alvarez going up against Danny Jacobs. I love this fight. And although we'll be able to talk about it for several months before it actually happens, um, and we do know, you, you did hear that Canelo's not allowed to have any kind of beef uh, between now and fight time just to be safe. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, yeah, it, the, the, what's that? It's just lentils. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just lentils. lentils. Lentils and chicken. And and did you see the chickens? They they had to bring it in on a tractor trailer. That was one big ass chicken. I didn't know they grew that big in Mexico. But um, anyway, I, I you know if if like I said earlier on the show, if if somebody would have asked me two years ago who would win, or even three years ago who would win, uh, you know Danny Jacobs or or uh, Canelo. I wouldn't have even hesitated. I would have said Canelo, Canelo, you know. But but Danny Jacobs has, has evolved into a pretty good fighter. Um, he's got the hand speed. He, he's learned how to take a punch a little better. Um, or maybe, I, I don't know, or maybe his illness really did have something to do with his knockout loss. Uh, and he's a big guy. And I'm not saying that Canelo's not big, but uh, Danny Jacobs is big. 
um, you know, it is what it is with Triple G and Canelo. I, I felt Triple G won both of the fights, but he is an aging fighter. And he's not that big. Everybody said how, oh, he's so big, he's so big. But he's not when we saw him in with legitimate middleweights. Now, all of a sudden, you got Canelo, who thinks who he is and uh, believes all the press clippings and the whispers in his ear. And he's going against a really hungry Danny Jacobs. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think this is a layup fight for Canelo at all. What's your early thoughts? Uh, yes, it's definitely not a layup. Um, but I do like Canelo as much as I do think uh, Danny Jacobs is, you know, one of the top uh, three or four middleweights in the world. Um, I do think that uh, I think Canelo beats him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, the thing about, uh, you know, it, it definitely will give Can Canelo um, a different look than he's faced in a while. Uh, and a more uh, tactically savvy guy than he's fought in a while. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, granted, what better practice can you have than fighting Golovkin, who's, you know, the best guy at middleweight uh, other than yourself? So it's not like he hasn't that, – that's, that's where I would th favor Canelo is in terms of experience – um, he's seen almost everything at this point in his career. So, no, I don't think Danny, Danny Jacobs brings him uh, a couple wrinkles that he maybe hasn't seen in a couple of fights. But, uh, you know, in terms of strategy and stuff, and, and like you said, he is a bigger guy. Um, but um, I'm not sure Canelo has shown any problem with that. Look what he did against the super middleweight that he just fought. So... No, I think uh, Canelo wins that fight. I, I think he, it, I don't think he stops Danny Jacobs, but I think he wins a pretty lopsided decision. I'm a little disappointed because I thought at one point last week, I mean, as much as that is a good fight, I'm a little disappointed because I thought at one point last week I did read that um, uh, Golovkin had signed with the Zone and they were going to do the rubber match for. Um, Cinco de Mayo, but I guess that fell through, huh? Yeah, well, um, you know, the Danny Jacobs issue is that, I, you know, the big question is going to be this. Can Danny Jacobs find an answer to protect his body? Not that he has shown susceptibility to body shots, but we know that Canelo is going to attack the body. So if Danny Jacobs can figure out a way to combat that, it's going to be an interesting fight. If not, it, this fight won't last because the body will 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 break down uh, Danny Jacobs, regardless of of how he's improved. You know, so uh, um, we'll Canelo see. is an interesting situation because, in some ways, um, I still don't think we've seen the best of him, uh, and that's kind of hard to believe. Um, but uh, I don't know. Um, I think he he beats Danny Jacobs, uh, but I still you know I still would like to see uh, the Golovkin uh, a rubber match. However, um, you know as as we knew from the rematch, the more time goes by, the better Canelo gets and the older Golovkin gets. Well, yeah, the Triple G and Canelo, uh, you know the way they treat Triple G should just. Ah, that, that's a whole nother can of worms. But uh, they're going to force Triple G into fighting somebody else, and then you're right, another year will go by, and 
you know, he'll be the 40-year-old fighter, you know, so uh, in any event. Hey, I did want to ask you, um, I haven't uh, taken the plunge and uh, gotten that ESPN Plus yet, um, but I did just catch um, the last round, at least, of uh, Bryant Jennings. Uh, was Rivas uh, losing the whole fight, or was what was the story going up to that last round? It was a snooze fest. Um, it was basically Rivas being the aggressor, and Brian Jennings trying to pull a, a Broner, you know, counter punching. Um, I did have Rivas ahead at the time of the stoppage, and and I'm a Jennings fan. I, I just, you know, I don't know why fighters that go into this counter punching mode just live and die by it. And and you know, I, the only explanation is to think that you can knock your opponent out because you're giving up all those rounds while you're doing that, while you're sitting there waiting and trying to. Land, you know, counter punch that 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 KO. You know, unless you have uh, devastating hand speed and you can counter punch a combination and get out of harm's way. Um, you know, I mean, let's face it, that's what Floyd did. You know, Floyd Floyd had hand speed, was able to counter punch uh, two or three shots and then run. Um, but uh, and it wasn't worth to to rewatch, uh, to be oh. honest with you. But uh, but the 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 zone is really. Uh, uh, moving forward, that's for sure. I do, yeah, I do want to watch that card, uh, and I did hear that the uh, the um, Andrade stoppage uh, was a little controversial, so I want to check that out. Um, the other thing that I did want to mention is I saw Badu Jack uh, tweeted some photos of himself coming back from uh, the plastic surgeon, and I don't, he didn't say a number, but it's amazing how many stitches are in that cut, and... Um, that was one of the more grisly cuts that I can remember seeing uh, in the sport in terms of blood. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, but even even just the cut itself. And Lou DeVal, if I'm bad, though, Jack, I fire Lou DeVal, I, I, he would already be fired because a guy that's looks looking at me as a fight, if I'm in the corner and I'm looking at my trainer and my trainer saying, hey, listen, trust me, it may feel bad, but that cut's not that bad. I was saying to myself, Oh my God! What what would he say if somebody just slit his throat? You know, like uh, oh, it's uh, you just need a band aid. Uh, don't mind all of that blood spitting all over everybody. I mean, uh, who was it? Uh, Tony Weeks was covered in blood. I, I mean, the, the uh, there was that was like a move. It was almost like airplane when they were sweating. Remember the scene when he's sweating with it was like a hose. That was the way it was. It was like, Oh my God, you know, somebody stopped this fight. The doctor, you okay? Okay. Let it go. And I'm like, hello. You know, when, when how many pints of blood do you got to lose before they wave it off? That's what I was just going to say. What if there's only what eight pints? Yeah. The whole body. He had to have leaked out at least a pint and a half out his <laughs> I know, I know, it was bad. Alex, great job as usual. We'll look forward to you next week, brother. All right, Billy C, take care. That's Alex Papali giving us his thoughts. And, uh, hey, his his thoughts are always welcomed. We we like his thoughts. We like his thoughts. But, uh, anyway, good fight last night uh, for, uh, for Manny Pacquiao. Many speculate that his next uh, uh, fight will indeed be against Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I have some emails I want to read uh, real quick. This first, uh, I actually have two from my man, Jesse. Uh, and uh, he says, here's my picks. Now, Jesse always likes to give us um, his picks uh, for uh, uh, for the fights. 
And uh, this was, I actually got this just prior uh, to the fights coming on uh, live last night. He says, Billy and Sal, here's my picks. Manny against Broner, he thought would end in a draw. Uh, he did say that Abulai was going to win a majority decision over Warren. He said maybe it would be controversial. Uh, he picked uh, uh, Badu Jack uh, over Brown and Tapora over Ruiz. Tapora, he says, what's your thoughts? My thoughts are he didn't dedicate himself enough because he didn't make the fight because of his overweight. Brown did surprise me. I, too, had Badu Jack, uh, and uh, I didn't even pick the Obulai fight. Uh, he also says uh, he wanted Andre late stoppage over Kurov, uh, which he did do. He picked Rivas over Jennings, which came, uh, uh, you know, that came into tuition. Uh, he says, what's your thoughts on uh, Canadian heavyweight uh, Maladin Majayas? I don't know much about him. He says, I'm happy for the Canelo-Jacobs fight. This is a good fight. These are the types of opponents Canelo must face from now on. What weight do you suppose this fight will be? Well, it's for the middleweight unification fight, so I'm hoping that it's going to be a max weight of 160. And he says, lastly, what's your thoughts on Mikey training at Snack with Victor Conti? He's been getting a lot of heat, a lot of heat from the fans and supposed boxing experts that this is suspicious, but he signed up with VADA uh, testing. So people are hard on Victor Conti for fighters such as Willie Monroe getting caught with PEDs. Conti said he's not seen Monroe uh, for five months, so what goes on with Moreau and his team is none of his business. Listen, I've always found it strange that a guy like Victor Conti, who was the uh, main piece of that huge uh, lawsuit with uh, performance-enhancing drugs, uh, should be allowed in any sport. Uh, all I know is this. If someone knows how to beat the testing system, it's Victor Conti. Joining us right now again with his thoughts, uh, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Uh, Sal, I know you uh, uh, do not like cheaters in any way, shape, or form, but what's your thoughts? Am I being too hard on Victor Conti? Does he deserve a second chance? You know, I'll tell you what. You know, if we continue to lower the benchmark, and you, you're going to see the floodgates continue to flow. And... Uh, that's a little redundant, but the bottom line is, you know, it is what it is, Bill. And, you know, you're, you're correct. You know my stance. Drugs or uh, uh, performance-enhancing drugs have no, no place in the world of boxing. They should not anyway. Uh, you have the, these designers that, that uh, try to outsmart the commission and try to, you know, uh, mask whatever they can. But there's a reason why, you know, these drugs are banned. There's a reason why, uh, you know, go to the health food store. And if you want to uh, take a nutritional supplement that uh, it could even work as a placebo, if you believe in it, but it, it, it could also add some good value to your nutrition. Get the strong foundation, be natural, and uh, work with what you were given as tools when you were born. And, uh that's, that's my thought there, Bill. That's my thought. You know, the funny thing is is that, uh, you know, what makes it an issue is when one fighter has it and the other one doesn't. Um, you know, I, I mean, I have have purposely tried not to uh, educate myself too much on PEDs, and, and I know that sounds stupid, but the reason why I do that is so I don't want to make opinions on 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 stuff like this but the truth of the matter is is simply this you know 
they can't keep a handle, from what I do know about performance-enhancing drugs, they can't keep a handle on every one. So when they put them on the banned list, in between the time the next one gets banned, somebody could figure out a way to beat the test. So in a sense, you know, the list is going to be infinite. It's going to keep being added and added. At what point do we say, forget about it, everybody... Here's the PEDs you're allowed to use. Use them. You want to kill each other? You want to hit the ball uh, six miles in baseball? You know, you want to you want to run through uh, people as a running back because nobody can stop you. You know, the concern here is the long-term effects, the health, and you know, it's where the governments or sanctioning bodies, however you want to look at it, they're the ones deciding the fate for your own safety. Is that something that we want to do? You know, I used to say years ago, Sal, you know, who the hell are they to tell me I have to wear a seatbelt? You know, why do I have to wear a seatbelt? Now, if I want to be an idiot and run the risk of getting tossed through my windshield, that should be a decision I get to make, not the law. But, you know, it is what it is. I wear the seatbelt, of course. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, people are always going to try to find a way to beat the system or cheat or have an advantage. The, the, the safe choice of wording is to have an advantage. You know, years ago, a, a fighter might train in the woods or, or chop trees and, and do that. To them, that was their physical and mental advantage. Now they want to take a pill that gives them the edge. That, that's the way I see it, uh, kind of in a nutshell. Well, you, you analogized it, you know, brilliantly. I mean, you know, uh, I found myself, uh, you know, I'm always in and out of my car. I'm on the go, I this and that. And, you know, I, I, I fool myself and rationalize and say, hey, you know what, if I don't wear a seatbelt, hey, chances are if I have a collision, I'll get thrown through the windshield or I'll, I'll, I'll roll out of the car or whatever the hell. I don't want to get trapped. But I know it's foolish. It's stupid. And, you know, if we had a choice, I, I, I you know, the other day I was driving and, and you know, I, I said to my son, I said, Nick, let's put on our seatbelt. You know, I want to I want to give him a, a a good example. You know, when I'm alone, do I wear my seatbelt? I I conveniently forget to, and I'm on 95. I'm all over the place, but I will start wearing it now because I do know the realities. I'm going to choose to do that and wear the seatbelt. Dave and Bill, uh, Dave and Bill, Dave and Bill, the cars to give it the annoying buzz until you put your seatbelt on. I mean, it's like you know. Oh, you know what? Here's what I do, though, Bill. When I'm in a new car or I got a rental because my car's in the shop, more times than not, um, I just count the dings, and I know I have to endure it until they stop. <laughs> usually, usually it cycles out after like ten or fifteen. It's an easier way. You go, you go to the junkyard. You 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 get a seatbelt end from the junkyard from the same kind of car, and you snap it in there, and you don't hear the ding, you don't hear nothing, but you still get the ticket. But uh, anyway, I got another email um, to read. Uh, this one is the other one from Jesse. He says, uh, uh, as I write this email, I just saw the destruction of Linares. I think Cano was the wrong opponent because he's a rugged, in-your-face kind of fighter. I think he should stay at 140 and give it a try again. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing Cano against Hooker. I, I like Cesar Pablo Cano um, or Pablo Cesar Cano. I, 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 I like him, and um, I, I'm happy for his win. No disrespect to Linares. Uh, he says, I want to see Carlos Adami step it up an opponent such as uh, Patrick Texera, uh, Jeff Horn, Julian Williams, Cedric Vitu, or uh, uh, Saluki. 
He's young at 40, 24 and experiencing boxing. I, I can't agree. I can't disagree, I should say. He says, lastly, in the Jose Uzukagai fight, uh, Jose just didn't throw enough punches, and he was wild and overswinging. He looked slow and had no fight plan. He didn't throw body punches, but his power was hurting uh, Plant, although the volume wasn't there. Plant, was it was a good win for him. Uh, he should fight anybody in the top 10 next. You know, I, I I always hate Sal when they say when you when you're talking to a team and the trainer is doing all the talking for the fighter. We we worked hard. We did this. We did that. We we have a game plan. We did it. And then the fighter loses and they say, "Well, he didn't listen to me. He didn't do that. He, he you know he stayed out late last night. You know the we turns into he. And you know Jesse makes a good point. You know it sounds like Jose just did not have the right game plan. When do uh, fans look at the the, the team? Uh, and it's hard in the sport of boxing because it's a one-on-one type of fight when it when it's happening. But when do you look at a team and say, you didn't prepare your guy for this fight? Good question, Bill. And I'll tell you, you, you take on a world-class trainer with a world-class fighter because, you know, it's supposed to be a, a good, solid, reciprocal relationship. You know, the trainer's going to take on the fighter because he knows that this guy is, is uh, going to lead to title fights and then championships possibly, and, and he's going to do the right thing, you would assume. You also have the, the fighter saying, hey, I want a world-class mentor trainer that can either keep me on track or show me a few new things here where I, where I might be slipping or, or not uh, so aware of. And, and you know, it's, it's that kind of relationship uh, when it's a good, solid relationship. But, you know, it should be one of communication, one of outline, one of design, and one of, uh, hey, I, I'm going to leave you well enough alone. We're just going to get you in shape. I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you that. Uh, maybe correct a few things or that I see. But it should be a trusted, valued relationship. And if a fighter doesn't have confidence in a trainer and a trainer doesn't have confidence in a fighter not doing what he wants them to suggest he does, you know, it's 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 gonna be the kind of thing. Well, ah, you know, he didn't listen to me. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Because, you know, I, I had a biggest habit. And, and, you know, people would correct me. I'd say, oh yeah, we did this, we did that. Hey, guess what? I was the only one in the ring by myself throwing punches. And uh, you know, it, it, when all is said and done, yes, the fighter, uh, he's enthusiastic about including other people around him because they're humble and they realize they did learn and maybe that's where the we're going to do this, we're going to do that. The same thing with the trainer. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. Because they're almost on the same level, the same page, they're one. They're one like that. And 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 that's where that comes from a lot of times. But you know what? When it doesn't happen and it doesn't work out as planned, they toss each other under the bus. <laughs> it's, I know. Um, I got another email. This is the last one. Uh, and this one's from... Uh, Johnston, who who has a column up on BillyCBoxing.com, incidentally, and he's got this is an interesting email. He says, "Hey guys, 2017 versus 2018, who wins? You guys decide." He says, "We all thought 2017 was a great year for uh, entertainment and sport of boxing and the best fighting, the best. But was 2018 better? Here are 10 random fights from both years. What do you guys think?" So in 2017, he has Anthony Joshua versus Klitschko. He's got DeGalley versus Jack. He's got Frampton, Santa Cruz, two. Canelo, Triple G, one. Burchant, Vargas. Thurman, Garcia. Garcia, Broner. 
Lomachenko against Nomas Rigandau. Spence Jr. versus Brook and Crawford versus Indongo for the undisputed title, which is pretty 10 pretty damn good fights at 2017. Now we look at 2018. Check this out. Fury versus Wilder. Callum Smith versus George Groves. Warrington versus Frampton. Canelo Triple G2. White versus Parker. Lomachenko against Linares. Burchant against Roman. Jack against Stevenson. AJ against Parker unification and Gassiov against Dark Ticos. Um, I don't know, man. I see 20 great fights. What do you think, Sal? I see 20 great fights. I'll tell you what. <laughs> not to not make the right, uh, not to make a decision. I, I'd say we've been uh, fortunate enough to have two back-to-back years with some darn good fights. That That's what I was saying to you earlier, Bill. I remember you and I sitting in 2016 saying, you know what? Boxing's coming back. It's not bad. We had a good year this year. And we capped it off with 2017. And then furthermore with 2018. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen this year. And we know the dream fights that we want to see. And uh, so hopefully we'll be sitting here next year saying the same thing with 2019. Truthfully, you can't complain. Boxing has been on an upswing for the last four years. The, the, The complaint that old guys like us have is that we complain about the fighters and the way I, I think I think there's more problems today with the way the business of boxing is being done. I think it's just getting old and it's like us, we're getting old. But I think that a lot of young fans aren't following it. So I think if the athletes from the fighters themselves, we have them. They're probably better of you know in the history of the sport, athlete athleticism wise. You know, um, the athletes are better. We're bigger. We're stronger. We're faster. We know how to, uh, you know, nutritionally and, and which PEDs to take. You know, we, we know how to cycle off. I mean, all these fighters today know all those things. But I think if the business of the sport uh, just rolled a little bit where we don't we don't devalue a fighter because he loses, uh, we, we don't have a fighter get a title and then be able to cherry pick their opponents. You know, if, if fighters actually fought their way up the ladder, I still think we would be treated to these great matchups, but I think we would also have a lot of great fights that are entertaining that would build the baseline of the sport. The weakness we have in the sport of boxing today is we don't have the fundamental base. We don't have young fighters fighting other young fighters and giving the fans a a, a fight that they're talking about where they may not even remember the fighters' names, but they remember the event. They remember that 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 you know small club show that they went to and saw four great fights. I can't wait for that promoter to have another show. That's what we need. We don't need these kinds of social media built up fights which you know end up uh, putting two names together and then the fight doesn't live up to to the expectations although these 20 fights that uh johnston laid out for us are, are pretty damn good but that's that's all i think i think the only thing that's hurting the sport right now really is the way we conduct the business of the sport and the way fighters are able to be maneuvered into title opportunities versus fighting their way and earning those title shots out. Well, it's a good point, Bill. And, you know, like I said, in our old day in the school of thought was we had to climb the rungs of the rings of the ladder. And you know what? We looked for who was, who was in our division that was ranked. I mean, I remember when I, when I broke in the top 10, I said, well, who could I fight 
to climb that ladder. And 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 I wanted to look at anybody nine and up and, and not all the way up to one. And I, I I would fight anybody. And and that's the old mentality and mindset that I don't think is as evident today. Because again, you know what? We challenge ourselves and fighters and uh, that 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 do that. Like I said, I use an analogy all the time. If you're afraid to lose, you're going to be afraid to win, and uh, and and that's the whole thing. You got to put it out there. You got to challenge yourself. You have to be in the best shape you can. And you know, going back to the PEDs and everything else, not to get too sidetracked. It's 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 such a a tough tough. Uh, way to look at things. I mean, do they do they start a a a, a PED division, uh, create more belts for a whole other thing, a set of fighters? I don't think so. I mean, it's 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 ongoing. Do they do they leave it up to a fighter to see what they want to do? Like you were suggesting, maybe legalize a few things. I mean, other than uh, going to a, a, a health food store. Whether it's your local uh, mom pop shop or GNC, whatever the heck, you've got enough there naturally available to to be the best you can be with the proteins, with the carbohydrates, with the things there, the natural things, even the amino acids and the ergogenic aids, I'll call them. Uh, even caffeine that helps elongate the the glycogen in your liver to give you a sustained level of endurance over a longer period of time than just a uh, 20 minutes that your glycogen does store that 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 energy that 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 power force so uh your liver stores so you know there's a lot of things and if a fighter educates himself see what's the good stuff what's the bad stuff i don't know bill it's 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 a different game you and i tried to solve what could we do to really see the way the boxing was i i say go back to 15 rounds i said go back to uh uh you know certain things that 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 are no longer allowed in boxing today you know so but is it going to happen no i don't think so but you know there were a lot of things that that should happen i i should uh, including the same day weighing uh i think these are things that that hurt some of the popularity or some of the things of boxing and made it a little uh less uh, fair for some fights and fighters you know i tell you though you know we complain about the sport today but it's a hell of a lot better uh, than it was i i recently was watching uh, Jack Johnson's one of my favorite all-time fighters, and it's hard to yeah, it's it's hard to find you know real footage uh, of him uh, because of the era in which he fought. But I, I rewatched the Jeffries fight again the other night or last week it was, and <laughs> talk about melee. You know they were having guys from the from the they audience ha- helping Jeffries up, and and they were all jumping in the ring, and the fight still continued. I mean, it was like a uh, you know. I'm just glad that they don't let that happen. One last thing, Johnston says, "Hey, last uh, last week someone sent you an email with their all time top ten. Here's mine." He says, uh, and, "And I agree with." with uh, a lot of these. He says, number one, Sugar Ray Robinson. That's my number one all-time great, Sugar Ray Robinson. My number he's, one as well. Yeah, he's got number two, Henry Armstrong, which is legit. Uh, he's got legit. Muhammad Ali at number three, uh, Harry Greb at number four, Jack Johnson, number five, Willie Pep, number six, Roberto Duran, number seven, Rocky Marciano, number eight, Sugar Ray Leonard at number nine. And he says, just for Sal, he's picking Jack Dempsey at number 10, but normally he would have Benny Leonard, Joe Lewis, or uh, Joe Gans. So uh, for all of you that don't know that little, 
little joke. Uh, every time I asked uh, Sal a trivia question, his answer was, what, what was it, Sal? Jack Dip. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so he says, not quite top 10, but the top three never changes. Just the order. You know how it is. I certainly do. And for the record, I want to give uh, my man Jost- Johnston credit. He said, my prediction for the Pacquiao-Broner fight, he says, my head says youth, heart. Uh, he says, my head says youth to go with Broner, but my heart says go with Pac. He said it was a hard one to call, but I'm going with the Pac-Man. And Johnston, you were right. Uh, so uh, that's that. Sal, any final thoughts on Manny Pacquiao's performance over Adrian Broner last night? You know, first of all, I just want to say I do agree with that top ten a lot more so than the last top ten we got. But uh, uh, let me tell you, I was I was happy with Manny Pacquiao's performance, and and I thought to myself, this was the Manny Pacquiao that should have fought Floyd Mayweather the first time around, and whatever he threw caution to the wind and you know maybe the shoulder maybe whatever he had to say but this is the kind of Pacquiao that you would expect see too many times when we see a Floyd Mayweather or Manny Pacquiao or great fighter at these these later years in their career you know we envision the younger version which is why I chose Broner you know I I said well Manny Pacquiao is not the same fighter he was 10 years ago but I'll tell you what what I saw last night from Manny Pacquiao, I think, you know, he's he's right up there to uh, uh, have another rematch with uh, have a rematch with Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, when I say uh, Mayweather will beat him 99 out of 100 times, well, maybe this would have been the one performance that might have been that one time that he wins. So uh, I love the way Manny went into the fight. I And I, you know, still say he fought the kind of fight he needed to. He got uh, Broner on defensive. He he chose Broner as an opponent for a reason, because of the lack of punches, because of punch output, because maybe he knew he could put on the, the, the uh, aggressive mode and just overwhelm Broner uh, and get him thinking about all the swarm of punches coming at him so he'll never get off his, 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 his wheel and uh, throw the punches back. And even if he did, it wouldn't be a sustained level that would continue for the periods of rounds that the fight went, for 12 rounds. So my giving Manny Pacquiao an A-plus last night was due to because of the fact he is a 40-year-old fighter. He has the heart of a 28-year-old fighter. He's got the conditioning of a 28-year-old fighter. He's got the, the speed of a 28-year-old fighter. So, yes, fighters can turn back the clock, but it all starts up here. And, and I think that Manny Pacquiao proved he uh, did a good job. Now, would he have the same outcome if he fought an Errol Spence and everything else? No, I don't think so. But for what it was and for that fight last night, Manny Pacquiao did an excellent job. And he's even gotten me back into the interest of seeing him fight Floyd Mayweather for a second time. Well, the one thing that sticks in my head is when Manny Pacquiao said, I want to thank all the people for coming out to play. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the funny thing, I, listen, I, I think the last thing you said, um, uh, you know, was what I feel. You know, for what the fight was, Manny Pacquiao at 40 years old, and I know everybody kept saying it, and uh, I know Manny Pacquiao said, I feel great at 40 years old. I don't even think I'm beautiful. 
But um, you know, uh, you know the the other thing, and and you know, I'm 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 just so glad that he got Freddie Roach back in the corner because Freddie Roach did a great job giving him drinks of water when he needed it and all of that. Because I didn't hear one word come out of Freddie's mouth, um, and I heard a lot of I don't know what I was hearing out of the other guy, his his uh, chubby buddy there. But um, what I saw is this: I saw a uh, older Manny Pacquiao, forty years old to be exact. Uh, put on a great performance against a younger fighter. I saw the younger fighter not doing anything to change it up. He became content with his game plan of counterpunching Manny. Manny knew this. He was prepared. He came in great shape. He threw punches uh, with speed, with uh, somewhat accuracy. I don't think he was as accurate as uh, years uh, ago, but he was accurate. Uh, and uh, he was able to move and and keep Adrian Broner off off target. I, I think uh, the fight was exciting, um, and I think that it is going to set up a Mayweather rematch. It's the only fight that Manny Pacquiao should even consider. There's no other fight uh, for him. He does not need to fight one of these top, top welterweights. He just doesn't need to do it. So if he can't sign that fight for this year against Fayweather, then uh, what he needs to do is hang him up and uh, do what he's got to do uh, uh, with the rest of his life. But uh, that's my final thoughts. Uh, we, uh, we have another week coming up of uh, some good fights. So uh, all I can tell you, boys and girls uh, and children of all ages, is uh, make sure you tune in next time. Same bat channel, same bat time. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's the other way around. Same bat time, same bat channel, and don't forget what Manny says. Make sure you tune in, same bat time, same bat channel, because that's what he says, okay? But uh, anyway, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na